0: Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality and the metaverse. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Kallman. Today we are going to talk Web3, a new domain. Web3 is a term that is getting thrown around a lot these days, especially when it comes to the metaverse, crypto, and NFTs. And it's sort of just been taken for granted that everybody knows what it means. But really, most people don't know what it means. So it's only been recently that I myself have been able to wrap my head around the concept. And so today, before we dive in with our guest, I just want to explain it a little bit and make sure that we are all on the same page. The first web, the first internet, Web1, was a flat 2D internet. The sites are read-only sites, and maybe there was a link, and you could link through or click through to another website. But that was about it for interactivity. And then in 2004, we got Web2. And this is when it started to become more interactive. This is when social media really started to take off, and we started to like, share, comment, subscribe, as well as curate our own feeds and pages. And this is when the big tech companies really started to realize the value of the data that we were giving them. And this is the birth of the data economy. And while on paper, no one person or company owns the internet, we all know that the people who own the internet are the people who own the data. So we're talking Google, Meta, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple. And this is known as the centralized internet because of the power that these big companies have over the internet, over us, what we see, what we hear, the news that we get told, what we think, how we vote. And so Web3 is a reaction against this. Web3 is a concept, it's an idea, and it's about people reclaiming the internet and our data. This is known as the decentralized internet, one in which we all own our own data and play a part in shaping the future of the internet. And this becomes possible because of blockchain technology. Blockchain is a digital ledger, and it is public, it is transparent, and it is trustless. What this means is today we pay other people through banks because the banks take the risk And they do the trusting between parties for us. But now we have technology that does the trusting for us. So you've likely heard of the Sandbox, or Decentraland, or Earth 2. These are decentralized metaverses that exist today. And there are hundreds more currently in development. And this is where our guest comes in. Tom Barrett is the president and founder of Encirca, an ICANN accredited domain name registrar. And today, as we're recording this, the company has launched Altroots, the first Web3 trademark search engine. Altroots enables brands to secure their own Web3 internet address on the blockchain, ushering in a new era of the internet. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Amelia, um, I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Thank you for the invite um, and uh, take it away.
0: Great, so before we jump into Web3 and learn about this big announcement, can you share a bit about your background and how Incirca came to be?
1: Yes, well, as you mentioned, I'm an a ICANN accredited domain name registrar and similar to a, a GoDaddy that maybe you're familiar with. I founded the business in 2001 outside of Boston, Massachusetts. We specialize in the regulated top-level extensions such as .bank and .cpa, which require some custom engineering due to their strict eligibility requirements. And we started branching out into Web3 domain names several years ago. However, unlike the traditional Web 2, which has a high level of regulation, ICANN is the regulatory body for that, there are no regulations for Web 3 domain names. And that is why we launched Alt Roots uh, this week. And our tool allows trademark owners to not only find exact matches of, of infringing Web 3 domains, but also close similarities. So for example, if you're a Microsoft, it would find Microsoft support ETH or Microsoft uh, with a misspelling dot uh, ETH. So our database today contains over 8 million domain names from Ethereum, Polygon and Handshake uh, blockchains. And we plan to add more over the coming weeks.
0: Amazing. So, you touched on it a bit, what Web3 domains are, but what does this mean for the future of the internet?
1: So Web3 domains serve the same function as Web2 domains. They, they map very user-friendly identifiers to longer uh, internet addresses. So in the case of Web2, it was an IP4 or IP6 address. In the case of Web3, are are cryptographic addresses for, for digital wallets, for example. And so that's the main use case. It's digital wallets, it's digital identities. And in the future, every consumer will have their own personal digital wallet. And this wallet will not just be for managing cryptocurrency and NFT collectibles like Bored Apes, but also as a single sign-on and as a repository for personal data that a consumer might be willing to, to share, such as your medical history uh, when you visit a doctor in a foreign country.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way before. I know when we spoke last time, you had said I could even have my own name as my domain name in this new realm.
1: That, that's right. So right now, if if you're a a Web 2 business like in I have in I'm really that's really branding two different businesses. It's branding my own business in Circa. But it's also branding.com, which is run by a private company called Verisign. The future will be to stop branding that second company. And so simply get your own dot brand as a dot in Circa. And you can do that through Web 2 has a path, although it's currently not open for business. But you also could do that via Web 3 as well. So you might as well get it for your own individual name as well.
0: Yeah. Before talking to you, I had never even thought about that .dot com that that was actually promoting another company, and um, and maybe that's not necessary in the in the future of the internet, which I love. So, is this going to affect any industries in particular, or more than others?
1: Oh, absolutely. So on Web Two, they say if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, and so I see another web browser war coming to capture the consumers who want to use Web3 uh, for their digital identities, such as metaverse communities, which is, by the way, will become the new social networks. And that's why Facebook is investing billions, not only renaming themselves, but also to pivot into Web3 technologies. So one of the industries that will be impacted will be intellectual property and how people monetize intellectual property. And I'm not just talking about content creation, like music and art, but also things like architectural drawings, software, patents, uh, will all be disrupted by Web3.
0: And so one of my questions is, because it's based on the blockchain, and we understand it as being transparent and public, there's got to be a downside to that as well when we talk about the Intellectual property and businesses going full on the blockchain. Can you explain a bit more about that and what your thoughts are?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, to the way, uh, just to the way I explain blockchain to to my parents and older siblings, is that it's simply a chain of ownership. Uh, and so, uh, as long as you can trust the first owner, that it keeps track of all the subsequent owners of the particular asset. So the old adage is garbage in, garbage out. If you can't trust the first owner, then the blockchain doesn't have integrity. So in order for the blockchain to be successful, the initial owner in in the digital asset has to be trustworthy. And many of the blockchain scams we're seeing today are because the identity of the scammer who initiated a project are anonymous. And so when they do a rug pull, uh, you can't track them down. They're not being held accountable.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, are you seeing any industries arising around that that protection of the first initial person, or is that what you guys do? Is is you verify that first initial person on the blockchain?
1: Yeah, there are definitely blockchains focused on high end art and luxury goods um, that that will that as part of their value proposition are being very careful to vet, for example, who can list uh, certain things for auction. Uh, so Christie's and Sotheby's and folks like that. Our tool is also designed to help blockchains who are issuing web three domains to basically police their namespaces. So even though uh, it's, it's immutable and, and once someone had registered one of these names, you cannot Force them to take it down. We're going to help folks like uh, Ethereum ZTH and Handshake and Unstoppable keep you know police their their namespaces against cyber squatters, which in the end will help their their product as well.
0: Yeah, that's another sort of you just brought it up that idea because it's not centralized. You know, you can't write Google's help desk and say this just happened to me. Can you work this out? So what do you think the, the resolution of conflicts is going to be like in the Web3 world?
1: So, you know, the, 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 the other adage here is if you don't self-regulate, someone else is going to do it for you. And so the worst case scenario is law enforcement or governments decide that too many consumers are getting harmed and they need to uh, impose some tighter restrictions on both cryptocurrency as well as uh, NFTs. And so self-regulation is going to be key. Uh, there are uh, organizations called decentralized autonomous organizations that allow different blockchains to self-regulate, and it will really be incumbent on those communities to discourage uh, bad actors and the type of behaviors that really give their blockchain a bad name.
0: Yes, Yes, we talked about DAOs on the last episode of XR Star. So if you are listening or watching and you're not sure what it is, you can go back to that one. So a lot of our listeners and viewers are pretty knowledgeable when it comes to extended reality, AR, VR, MR, and everything else that goes with it. And I'm also hearing from my clients at the moment that they understand that there's this tipping point coming when it comes to XR adoption, both on the enterprise and the consumer level. And they're trying now to integrate the strategies within their culture, within their workforce, to make sure that they're at the forefront of this tipping point when it happens in a couple of years' time. So what is your advice for people who want to be ahead of the curve, or at least on the curve, when it comes to making sure that their business is ready for Web3?
1: That's a great question. As you said, as you've, I think, alluded to, the the XR and metaverse technologies are starting to merge with some of the decentralized technologies. So there's three basic advice if you're not already there. You need to own some crypto. Open up a crypto account with folks like Coinbase. Fund it with a few hundred dollars and start buying some crypto. Number two, buy a hardware wallet like Ledger or Treasure. To hold that crypto or NFTs. understanding how custodianship and self-custodianship works is going to be key for Web3. And then three, get ready for the next browser war. Install a a privacy-focused browser that resolves Web3 domains. The leader in this space is a browser called Beacon, B-E-A-C-O-N, by a company called Impervious. And it utilizes a new type of DNS technology called Dane, D-A-N-E, that allows you to do self-encryption of your data. And so you truly have more privacy than any other browser that exists in the marketplace. And there are other browsers that are trying to do this, such as Brave, Puma, Aloha. But Beacon is, is far ahead of the pack. And then finally, if you're already doing all these three things, then you need to get more closely involved in a blockchain or metaverse project, join their Discord community, or join a a DAO, a DAO, and start participating in self-regulation of your favorite blockchain project.
0: That is really clear and good advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I did want to ask you, though, because we are going through what the media has labeled the crypto winter, And I wonder if there's parallels that you are able to observe between what's happening right now with the birth of Web 3 and maybe what's happened before with Web 1 or Web 2, if there's any kind of big lessons that you think we should be aware of or or could draw on from the past.
1: Uh, Absolutely. The the parallel to the the late 1990s are eerily similar. I went through that phase. I launched an internet business. I started another one. I had to lay off a team. I joined another startup. I had to lay off a team. So I, I, I experienced the, the pain of the dot-com crash several times. But let me say this. There's been an enormous amount of intellectual energy invested in blockchain and continue to invest. Uh, the roadmaps extend for years. And they've been focused on solving problems with the current frameworks and economies such as banking and content creation, like we mentioned before. And just like in the 1990s, not all of these efforts will succeed, either because they're a poor idea, or they have poor execution, or the principles simply ran out of money or enthusiasm. But there will be survivors who learn from those other failures and figure out the best business model and are able to focus their resources for success. And so you definitely just need to figure out which of your blockchain or metaverse projects fall into this category and and stick with them.
0: And without getting too personal, are there any blockchain or metaverse projects that you think we should all be looking out for or um, keep an eye on?
1: So in, 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 in my particular space, I'm in the domain name space, And what's happening here is there's about 1,500 different extensions managed by this group called ICANN. And about a third of those are what we call dot brands. So these are corporations like Deloitte and IBM that have discarded the dot com and simply decided to be dot IBM or dot Deloitte. So there's only a few hundred of those right now because it's a fairly steep entry fee. There's $185,000 dollars just to apply for one of these extensions. Uh, The window for applications has been shut down for 10 years. It's going to open up in another five, but again, $185,000 to apply. On the web three, however, you can get your own corporate TLD for the cost of a Starbucks coffee. And so I see that as the next big wave. The blockchain that's leading the charge there is called Handshake. So you can go to handshake.org compared to ICANN's 1500 extensions, there's over 5.5 million extensions on Handshake. And so the scale of this uh, of this blockchain for enabling corporate TLDs is, is amazing.
0: Wow. And are you seeing corporates and enterprises and brands starting to wake up to the fact that they need to, to jump on this? Or, are there any examples of, of companies that are already moving forward and leading in this area?
1: So the, 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 the first phase is, is what I call uh, defensive. And so brands are seeing the growth of, uh, for example, Ethereum's dot which, which did even this crypto winner. Winter, are doing tens of thousands of names per week in .eth. And so they're filing, they're filing defensive registrations to protect their brands. I have one uh, client who, who did 50 or 60 over the last few days trying to protect their brands in .eth. But once they defensively register that, they then need to figure out their, their Web3 strategy. And I believe that it's going to lead them to conclude that they want their own top-level domain on web three, that's how they will interact with consumers on web three.
0: Right, okay. So if you had to put a timeline on the adoption and development of web three, what would that be? Are we looking at a future where web two and web three exist simultaneously? And do you believe that web three will eventually overtake and eradicate web two in the end?
1: Uh, I do not think Web 3.0 is going to eradicate Web 2.0 in the end. Uh, they will exist simultaneously, and, and, and for, for comparisons, there are still users of Internet technologies that existed prior to the Web that came out in 1994. So Gopher, uh, pre-Web companies like AOL, Prodigy, CompuServe are still out there serving customers even 25 plus years later. So the development of Web3 is, is really part of an evolution that has spanned several decades. You know, for example, the concept of a permanent a digital identity is not new. Uh, I was working on it back in the 1990s, and some of you may remember Microsoft had a product called Passport, which was a, an attempt at digital identity. And again, that was in the late 1990s. So today's digital identity concepts build on those earlier efforts. Likewise, today's concepts of of decentralization is an evolution from the peer-to-peer networks like Napster, LimeWire, Grokster, several of which, as you know, were were shut down due to copyright infringements. The latest iterations are are certainly trying to address some of the the shortcomings of those earlier peer-to-peer networks. So engineers continue to whittle away at the problems that have existed in those earlier services And they'll soon start to fit together seamlessly. So to the people who aren't paying attention, suddenly they'll all start to fit together. They'll think this has happened all of a sudden, when in reality, the development has been taking place for for probably a few decades to get to this point.
0: Sure. And in your opinion, what do you think are going to be kind of the milestones? Like a year from now, how will it be different from today? What will kind of... The milestone of success look like in a year's time as maybe in five years time
1: it's a great question so uh you know there's a, a few public companies out there you know, I've, I've always thought coinbase with its first mover advantage was going to be a, a, the next amazon obviously they just announced some layoffs this week uh but i think they're going to survive uh and so when you start to see uh more digital wallets uh, being created at a place like Coinbase. And as a public company, they're required to be transparent about it. You'll know that the, the market's starting to come back. And so a year from now, I would expect uh, Coinbase to be doing better than it is today. The stock price will be up. I think uh, crypto currencies will start to recover, both Bitcoin and Ethereum and a few others. And so that's those are the milestones I would look for uh, a year from now to be happening.
0: And any any ideas about five years from now?
1: Wow! So uh, five years, you know, things as I say, things are not going to go away. But five years from now will be interesting. That's when ICANN is expected to start allowing new extensions, and and uh, they'll they'll come up against the fact that the, that the Web three domains have already captured some of the strings that now people want in Web2. And so we'll have to start addressing the collision factor between the two different namespaces, and then regulation, I think, will start to come into play. But it's not going to happen very fast, Um, but it'll it'll be a fun time to participate in.
0: And I'm just curious, why does ICANN have that cap and they're not selling for five years? I would think that if there's money to be made, they would be trying to make money.
1: Well, no, well, it's not a, it's not a profit making uh, organization. They're a nonprofit in California, Gotcha. uh, but their, their mission is security and stability of the internet. And so rightly so, they're very cautious about introducing changes that might disrupt the stability and stability is not just, um, you know, your website doesn't work anymore, but it's consumer confidence that uh again they're they're not being scammed that um that their money is safe that their data is safe and as we and we have seen, web3 is trying to already address the fact that hey maybe your data is not that safe uh, but certainly their mission and security and stability they've done it well the last 20 years and i, I think they'll continue to be cautious about introducing changes to the internet.
0: And another kind of question like that, because I'm just still trying to wrap my head around the background a bit. So the dot-com, a company owns that, and they make money every time somebody buys a dot-com? Is that how is that how that works?
1: That's correct. So the, the company who has a dot-com franchise called VeriSign, it's a public company, uh, they re- originally received that contract It was called Network Solutions back in the 90s, It was a government contract to to run uh, some of the major top-level domains. Today, there are 1,500, so there are private companies running .ninja, .bank, .cpa, uh, .sucks. They're all private companies. Um, The biggest is a a company called Donuts that has over 400 extensions, uh, but there's also uh, operators of single TLDs like .club, .buzz uh, that are out there as well. So each one is a natural monopoly when it comes to the Web 2. They could be copied on the Web 3.
0: Interesting, interesting. Thank you for filling in that gap in my knowledge. Um, so tell us a bit more about AltRoot and what that launch means.
1: So altroots.com is is the first time that a trademark owner can discover whether or not their trademark is available for registration on the Web3 domain namespaces or if someone else is squatting it and so uh, we bring together the three biggest uh, Web3 domain blockchains that are in existence today so it's Ethereum, Polygon, and Handshake, over 8 million names. We have several more such as Solana and Polkadot that we'll be adding over the coming weeks and it allows a trademark owner to police making sure there's no no one trying to impersonate their brand or scam consumers and, and and this is a pretty key for the adoption of web3 is that consumers trust the the brands that they see in those spaces so we're enabling brands to to make sure that trust is in place
0: awesome very cool and so looking at the bigger picture of xr the metaverse blockchain and web3 For you, what is your biggest hope for the future of this industry? And what is your biggest fear?
1: Well, as I mentioned, the the biggest fear is that the scams get so bad that law enforcement and governments are forced to step in to shut down some of the blockchain efforts and regulate them in some way that stifles innovation. So the blockchain community needs to realize that a few bad actors can make all of their efforts worthless. And so it's really incumbent on them to police themselves and introduce some self-regulation to discourage these bad actors that simply is going to hurt everyone in the end. So my biggest hope uh, was we get past those problems. And I I do think those will be solved. They're all solvable problems. Um, The the Web 2 was the same way in the 90s that eventually got solved. My biggest hope is that we eventually all have a digital wallet that I've described earlier that really is our permanent digital identity for the internet and and will be adopted by consumers everywhere.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much. So for anyone who's listening or watching who wants to get involved, who wants to know more or to be in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in contact?
1: Well, certainly, I'd, I'd, I'd love you to love for all of you to check out altroots.com. Uh, we, we're, we'll be rolling out some interesting new services over the coming months. If you'd like to get in contact with me directly, I'm on LinkedIn under Thomas Barrett from Inserca, and I uh, look forward to hearing from you.
0: Thank you so much, Tom. And thank you all so much for listening and watching wherever you are. Check out our next episode coming next month and take care.